Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Well, it's good to be back. Good to be back. And thank you once again for sending us on a uh, little break and time to just refresh and spend some time with one another and time with the Lord. Praise God. And uh, so I am excited about what I have to share today. We are going to be talking about the, on, on the subject of prosperity. All right. Now, you know, don't hold on to your wallet so tight. It, it's okay. I'm actually not going to take an offering after this. So, so it's okay. You can relax. And uh, however, you know, you might want to give an offering after this. I don't know, but, uh, uh, but that's, that's really not why we're doing this today. Um, you, know, it's, uh, I, you know, I think it's a shame when preachers only preach on prosperity when they need something. You know? <laughs> I, I've also found this, that uh, some people think that, uh, um, that somebody who has a lot of money is because all they ever think about is money. However, I found out that I think about money more when I don't have it than I do when I do. And so, you know, you, uh, all you ever think about is money. Well, if I don't have any, maybe that is all I'm thinking about. But uh, uh, if I've got money, I don't think about it if I have some. I think about it when I don't have any. Praise God. And so today, we're actually not even talking about money necessarily we're talking about as your soul prospers, as your soul prospers. And so um, now it will have to do with, and we will get into this material, uh, you know, financial side of things. We'll, we'll talk about that. But, uh, but the main thing is that really notice what it says in 3 John 2. Now, if you're looking for 3 John chapter 2, it doesn't exist, okay? 3 John has one chapter. So it's 3 John, and we usually don't say chapter 1, verse 2, because there's only one chapter. We usually just say 3 John 2. Um, so maybe that'll help you find it in your Bible. I do trust that you brought a Bible in some form, some format, Right? If you, if you brought a Bible in some format, hold it up. Hold it up. Let, you know, let, let's see. You got a Bible. You got something you can follow along in. Praise God. And so, um, you know, you need to check me out. Praise God. And make sure that what I'm telling you is from the Bible. Okay? You know, that it's, uh, 
uh, and, and then take some notes. Make some notes, you know. Sometimes you have a place in your Bible you can make notes. Sometimes you have an app you can make notes, whatever. But uh, my pastor used to always say this, a short pencil is better than a long memory. And so uh, make some notes. Why? Because you can go back. What you write down didn't change. What you remember sometimes changes. And you, you remember things wrong sometimes. And I know I do. And uh, uh, so it is good. You know, I, sometimes I'll pull out notes that I wrote a long time ago, and I'll start reading those, and I think, man, I don't remember saying that. You know, I don't remember uh, writing that, but apparently I did because there it is. Praise God. And so, you know, make some notes. It's good for you. Praise God. You know, if we want to be diligent or study to show ourselves approved unto God, worker that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Praise God. So, 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. So we're going to start talking about material prosperity. And then this series is going to, uh, you know, we're going to start here. And then we're going to start talking about, you know, as your soul prospers, it produces prosperity in in financial, material things, but it also produces uh, prosperity in your health. Praise God. So we're going to go from this, and we're gonna, we, may, we probably won't get there today. That's, it's not even in the plan to get there today. But we're going to get to talking about health uh, as well in this. But notice how he says it. I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Praise God. And, and John is writing here by the inspiration or the unction of Holy Spirit. Praise God. So what he wrote, the Bible says that, that men of old wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So Holy Spirit is giving the, the direction of what to write. Praise God. These are not just John's idea. This is not just what John decided, I want to write this down. You know, it wasn't even what, well, the Lord's been dealing with John. No, the Holy Spirit gave him specific instructions, write this down. And he wrote it. That's the way all the scriptures are. You know, and, and uh, uh, a lot of times theologians start talking about what this writer wrote and what this writer wrote, and they start almost as if it's just something they decided to write. No, holy men of old wrote as they were moved by Holy Spirit. Praise God. That's why it's the Word of God. It's not the Word of John. It's the Word of God. And John says, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, he says, I pray uh, that... You may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul 
prospers. So there is a presupposition here that your soul is prospering. You're, you're being successful in your soulish realm. Now let's talk about what the soulish realm is. He says, just as your soul prospers. So I got to know, you know, uh, I always heard the term when I was growing up, I always heard the term uh, your soul. And I heard it used interchangeably with spirit. And your soul and your spirit are not the same thing. Now, sometimes in Scripture when it talks about your soul or sometimes it talks about your heart or it talks about, you really have to read and study to know which one it's really talking about. But if you get right down to it, 1 Thessalonians makes a distinction, a very clear distinction. He says, he, he talks about spirit, soul, and body as being three separate parts of, our, uh, of a human being. You are created in the image of a triune God. And, and uh, I like to say it this way. I like to call it, instead of saying the Trinity or saying the, the triune God, I like to say the triunity God. Because God the Father, God the Word, God the Spirit are all in such perfect unity. They are a triunity. Praise God. And, and so I, I, I like to say it that way. Now, you're not going to find triunity in the Bible. You'll find the principle that it came from. But uh, that, that's a term that I started saying, uh, uh, the triunity God. Praise God. He's, but you were created in His image and in His likeness, and you are a triune being. Praise God. There are three parts to you, just like there are three aspects of God, three parts of, of, of God. Now, he says that you prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. So your soul, now get, get this, the, your spirit is the part of you that contacts God. Your spirit is, is the part of you that God is a spirit. Here's what the scripture says in, in uh, John's gospel, the fourth chapter. It says that God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So there is a part of you that contacts God that is your spirit, praise God, because he is a spirit and you are a spirit being. And, and then we like to say it this way, that you are a spirit, you have a soul. You, you possess a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then you live in a body. Praise God. The body is the house that you live in. That's why when you leave this planet, when you go to be with the Lord, your body doesn't go. Your body returns to the dust of the earth because you don't have any use for this body anymore. You get a new one. Praise God. Some of you might ought to say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You get a new body. Praise God. Praise God. But... Your spirit and your soul are the eternal part of you that will live forever and exist somewhere forever. Praise God. And your soul is your mind. That's the part of you that, that, that that's where you make choices. That's where you understand things. That's where you grasp things. That, that's where you... Uh, 
uh, you know, from your soul, you can communicate things, and, and then it's you have uh, it is your mind, your will. That's your power to decide. That's your power to choose. When you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, your spirit got reborn, but your soul made a decision. In your soul, you decided to choose Jesus. Praise God. That's a function of your soul. And then uh, it is also your emotions. Now, God gave us emotions so we could enjoy life. And, and your emotions are very simply this. Your emotions are how you react to some piece of information you receive. You hear something and it makes you cry. You hear something and it makes you laugh. That, that's your, your emotions. It, it, it is not, your emotions is not laughter. Your emotions is not, no, it is your emotions that, that uh, allows you to laugh and to enjoy and but God did not give you your emotions to live by if you try to live by your emotions you're going to be a wreck guaranteed you will be a wreck some days my emotions uh you know are a little crazy you know someday my uh well let, let's get this Sometimes in church, we have those times when the Spirit of God is flowing strong in a service and, and, and ministering to people and touching people, and you just find yourself just weeping before the Lord. You find yourself laughing. You find yourself raising your hands and, and shouting. That, that's your emotions there. But you can't be led by your emotions. Many people are trying to be led by their emotions. Well, you know, I just felt good about this. I just felt good about that. Now, I understand that I, I felt good about this or I felt... And, and what we usually mean by that is we felt peace about it. Or we, we, we sensed that there, was, that there was a peace about it. Uh, but you cannot be led by your emotions. The Bible tells us that as many as, uh, as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So sons of God, children of God, have the power, have the right to expect to be led by the Spirit of God, not to be led by your emotions. Praise God. There are people that have, I encourage you, don't ever make an emotional decision. You know, a life-changing emotional decision. You know, there are people that have, that have left their spouse because of an emotional response, because of an emotional, you know, well, it just made me feel like, well, no, you're being led by your emotions. There are people that have changed jobs, quit good jobs because of an emotion. There are people that have packed up their family and moved across the country because of an emotion. There are people who have committed suicide because of an emotion. You were never intended to live by your emotions. You were never intended to be led by your emotions. People change churches because of emotions. People change this, change that, change, do all kinds of things because of an emotion. 
When he talks about your soul prospering, he is talking about your mind, your will, and your emotions coming into line. with. See, what are we told to do with our mind? When you got born again, your spirit became new. But your mind, we are told to renew our minds. Renew our minds. You don't get a new mind. You got a, you got a new spirit, but your mind is the same mind you had before you got born. This is why people have trouble sometimes after they get saved because they think that they're supposed to that, that they're supposed to feel different about everything, that they're, you know, the things they used to do in their life, well, I'm not supposed to want to do that anymore. And, and uh, sadly, there, there are many Christians that don't understand that. And people say, well, if you really got saved, then you wouldn't want to do that anymore. No, that's just not true. That's not true, because if you really got saved, your spirit got born again, but your mind is the same mind you had before. You got to renew your mind. How do you do that? You got to get into God's Word, and you got to change your thought processes. Now, you'll have supernatural help to do it. Holy Spirit has come to help you to do that, but... The process is still there that you have to go through to renew your mind. You've got to feed on the Word of God. You've got to put God's thoughts in because your mind and the way you think is a, is a product of what you've been putting into your mind. So you need to change what you've been putting into your mind so that what you get as a result is changed. Praise God. And so, you know, he said, I pray that you prosper just as your soul prospers, that you may be successful. That's what prosperity is, is to be successful, to be successful. Now, if we're talking about money, then obviously it would be success in monetary issues. Success in monetary matters. You know, do you, do you invest? Do you work? Do you, you know, do you spend your money wisely? Do, it would be a process of, of prosperity in monetary uh, matters would mean that you, are, uh, that, that you are making wise decisions that, with, with your money and, and all. But uh, prosperity... It, in and of itself, that word prosper doesn't necessarily refer to money things. It refers to being successful. And notice what he said. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in what? All things. All things. So in every area, in every aspect of your life... He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be successful in every area of your life. Praise God. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to prosper in your relationships. He wants you to prosper on your job. He wants you to prosper with your money. And he wants you to prosper with your health. But it starts because your mind is prospering. You are being successful in mental Areas. How would you determine if you are being successful in your soul, if your soul is prospering? When 
when you start thinking God's thoughts, when you stop being ruled by your emotions, when you start understanding it, and the, the more you know of Jesus, the more you, that, that's how you determine if your soul is prospering. You don't determine if your soul is prospering if everything, just because everything's going good for you. You know, many people think, well, everything's going good for me right now, so I must be doing well. Not necessarily, because tomorrow it might not be going so well for you. But, and, and here's the thing, well, everything's not going well for me, so now I'm mad at God. Did your soul prosper? Nope. There, there's been no soul prosperity going on, you know. If your, if your view of God and your, your attitude towards God is changed because of something in the physical realm, you are not prospering in your soul. If you're prospering in your soul, you're going to be steady. You're going to be steadfast, praise God. You're going to have your emotions under control. I'm not saying you get rid of your emotions because emotions is how you enjoy life. You see, so there, there's nothing wrong with emotions, uh, but if you're steady and steadfast, you got your emotions under control. They're not controlling you, but you have your emotions under control. That's when you're prospering in your soul. Praise God. Praise God. You know, when, when things are going bad in my life, but I know that Jesus said, I did, this is what I did about it. This is how I dealt with it. When I know that God dealt with my issue at the cross, and I can rest in that, even though things look like they're not going my way, I can, re I can remain steadfast, praise God, unmovable, unshakable. Then I know that I'm prospering in my soul. Praise God. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 23, um, th this is what we quoted a few moments ago. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, and what that means to prove means that you prove it out. You, you walk it out. You live it out. He says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Praise God. Now, we, we see here that, that we are told in that scripture that we do this by renewing our minds. Praise God. Then, now, he didn't notice what he didn't say. He didn't say by having your mind re renewed. In other words, we can't give an altar call and have you all come up here and, and, and pray for you and your mind is suddenly renewed. That, that's not how, no, you have to renew your mind. 
you know, Jesus did the, this work at the cross, and we, we think he did everything. We ought to really find out what it was he did. He did not renew your mind at the cross. That's something you are told to do. You are told to renew your mind. He will never do for you what he told you to do yourself. Praise God. He told you to renew your mind. So I can't pray for you. It doesn't matter how much faith I have. I cannot pray for you and your mind be renewed. The only way your mind is going to be renewed is if you crack open that Bible and get in it and begin to let Holy Spirit speak to you out of the Word of God. That's the only way your mind is going to get renewed. Praise God. And when your mind is renewed, then you are transformed. And if you're not transformed, you're going to be conformed. You've got to get that. You're going to be conformed unless you let your, uh, unless you renew your mind and are transformed. Praise God. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15, says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So if you want your soul to prosper, you've got to come to an understanding of what the will of the Lord is. And many people say, well, I, well, I just think Jesus would be like this. Well, is that what he said? You know? If, if that's not what he said, then that, he wouldn't be like that. We don't get to figure out what we think Jesus would be like. We, you know, I always say it this way, you know, you don't, um, how, how to, uh, you discover the will of God. Now, what I mean by that is you open up your Bible and on the pages of God's word, you discover what God's like. You don't learn what God's like by your experience. You don't learn what God's like by, by what happened in your life. And a lot of people have a, well, this happened to me, so this must be what God's like. They're, you're not to figure out what God's like. You're to discover on the pages of your Bible what God's like. That's what I mean by that. You're to discover it in your Bible, what God is like, what God thinks, you know. And I'll, I'll tell you this, too. This is a little bit of a side note, but it still applies here. Um, you're probably not going to discover what God says unless you care what God says. Know what I mean? There, there are people, they don't care what God says. They're trying, trying to tell me what God says, 
but they don't even really care what God says. All they really care about is speaking their own mind. And so if you approach, you, you, you may take a, a, particular, uh, a particular situation in your life, a particular, maybe, maybe you've got, uh, maybe you have a, a habit that is contrary to, to what the Bible teaches. Maybe you've got a, a lifestyle that's contrary to what the Bible teaches. And, you know, you, well, you know, I, I, I just think Jesus would be okay with this. Well, did, did he say that? Or is that just your idea? But as long as you don't care what he said about it, see, there's, there's people, I can tell you what Jesus said about it, but they don't care what Jesus said about it. So they'll never actually find what Jesus said about it. You know, you've got to care. I, I've, I've heard it this way. Well, some say, well, this is a sin. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care what Jesus said. This, I'm, I'm going to, this is going to be my life anyway. I don't care what Jesus said. Well, this is, the way, this is the way God made me. I don't care what he said. What I care about is what I feel. Now, if that's your attitude, that you don't care what he said, you're never going to find out what he said. We don't even need to talk about what he said if you don't care what he said. Because what he said is not going to change a thing for you if you don't care what he said. Your soul is not going to prosper if you don't care what he said. If You've got to come to a point that what he said matters first and foremost. I don't feel like loving my enemies. I don't care that he says I should. I don't like what they did to me. I don't care. Well, you'll never love your enemies. You know, what can I say? It doesn't matter that he said that. We don't even need to talk about what he said if you don't care what he said. You need to come to a place that, that it is important to you what God's, you may not know what God said about something, but at least care what he said. At, at least make that important that you care what God said about it. Praise God. You got to bring your will into subjection to his will. Praise God. So that his will dictates to your will, part of your soul, right? His, so that his will tells your will what to will. Does that make sense? His will is telling your will what it should will. When you begin to let that, now your soul is prospering. Praise God. Praise God. Now, look at this one. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 26. 
Be angry and do not sin. Do you realize it's, it, it is uh, possible to be angry and not sin? Now, how do you be angry and not sin? By having control of that emotion. By, having, by being in control of the emotion, you can be angry, but not commit sin in response to your anger. Praise God. Be angry and do not sin. Do, now, here's, here's one. Do not, this, this will help you. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So, in other words, when it gets dark, that means this time you better deal with it. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, I had a friend one time that said, my, my wife and I, we always start our, our arguments early in the morning. That way we have all day. <laughs> That's, that's not what he meant. <laughs> Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Praise God. James chapter 1, verse number 19. He says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Swift to hear. See, because sometimes if you'll be swift to hear, you'll find out that it wasn't near as big a deal as you thought it was. And there's nothing for you to be all worked up about. If you'll be swift to hear, be swift to listen, be slow to speak. This is why the, the, the Scripture says a fool, only he only cares about hearing his own mind about hearing his own heart, about hearing what he has to say. Be swift to hear, slow to speak. That'll help you not let the sun go down on your wrath. That'll help you not, not have the wrath in the first place. <laughs> Praise God. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 20 says, Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, and heresies. He's talking about works of the flesh right there. The fruit of the flesh. The works of the flesh. You see, because, you know, our soul affects our physical. Our soul affects our physical. Wouldn't it be great if the only thing that affected our, our physical life is our spirit? Well, if you're born again, your spirit is created in Christ Jesus. Praise God. So if your spirit was the only part of you that affected your, your, your physical life, you'd all be healthy, you'd all be happy, you'd all be joyful, you would all be, you know, seeking after God. You, that, if, if your spirit was all that affected your, your physical life, but your soul is affecting your physical life. That's where you want things, and you want it your way. That, that's your soul. Praise God. That's not your spirit. Just follow your heart. Anybody ever hear someone say that? 
Just, well, you know, we just need to follow our heart. If you were really following your heart, that'd be okay. But what most people mean by that is just follow your soul. And that'll get you in a lot of trouble unless your soul is renewed. Praise God. Just following your soul will get you in a big mess. Because, you know, there are days I wake up, I don't feel saved. I know I am because I did what God's Word said to do to be saved. So I know I'm saved. But some days I don't feel saved. Other days I do. You know, right now I feel pretty good. But, uh, you know, I don't feel pretty good every day. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, I want to, let's talk about what God did. See, anytime I'm wanting to, to, to um, I, I'm wanting to change something in my life, the first thing I want to know, what did Jesus do about this? What did he do about this? You know, several years back in the 80s, I guess it was, maybe 90s, there was a, probably 90s, there was this thing, everybody was wearing bracelets and, and all this. It said, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And, you know, and that, that, there was nothing wrong with that. You know, what would he do? You know, if he's in this situation, if he's, if he's facing what I'm facing, what would he do? How would, but it, it dawned on me one day, what's more important than what Jesus would do is what did Jesus do? You know, and, I, and I'd like to do a, a bracelet that said, what did Jesus do? W-D-J-D. What did Jesus do? You see, because what he did at the cross is what changes my life. It's not knowing what Jesus would do in my situation. It's what did Jesus do about my situation. And that's what changes my life. When I know that Jesus bore my sickness, my disease, and my pain, it's what did Jesus do about this sickness? What did Jesus do about this physical attack that is coming against me? What did he do about it? And, and when you say, what would Jesus do? You're saying, okay, what should I do that would be in keeping with what Jesus did? But, but, but the important thing is, Jesus dealt with every situation that you faced. He dealt with it all at the cross. So I want to know, what did Jesus do about this? Praise God. Now, Let's go back to the very beginning, back to creation in Genesis chapter 1. And I want you to notice what it says here, verse 22. And God, what's the third word? Blessed. God blessed them. How did God bless them? The next word tells you. God blessed them by saying, 
See, sometimes we think God blessed us by giving us stuff. But here's what it says. God blessed them by saying something. God blessed them by saying something. Now, you say, well, I wish he'd have given me something. Well, no. If you understand what saying and what, what all the you know, ramifications of that are, what all that, that means, you'll understand that how good this is that God said. God blessed them by saying. Now, what's the first time we see God saying something? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and God said. What did he say? Let there be light. He said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. So now he says, God blessed them, saying. So God said something, and what he said was a blessing. Now, let, let's see what it was he said. You know, God said, he created the cattle and all this, and he said, be fruitful and multiply. So if he said, let there be light, and there was light, now he says, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, whatever he said is what came to pass. So he said to me, you know, because I, I was there. If you understand what it means to be in, you know, let's, let's say it this way. You were in your, your father, your, your, your physical earthly father. You were in your father who was in your grandfather, so therefore you were in your grandfather. And he was in your great-grandfather, so therefore you were in your great-grandfather. And we could take this all the way back to Adam. And so because you were in Adam, praise God, what God said to Adam was said to you. Do you understand that? We, you know, the Bible talks about that, that uh, Abraham, you know, when he, when he tithed, that, um, you know, that, that his sons tithed because they were in Abraham. So Abraham tithe to Melchizedek, so it means that all of Abraham's offspring who were in Abraham, it was counted that they tithed. Now, maybe you never considered that, that what you do generations after you are in you. Okay? Okay? So now he says that he said to man when he created him, 
be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That's why you're here today, because of what he said back then. Now, what he, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, multiply means there's just more of you, right? Okay? So there's just generations and generations coming at, you know, be fruitful and multiply. But then he also said, have dominion. Sounds like a blessing to me. Have dominion. Praise God. Subdue the earth. He didn't say subdue one another. That's what we want to do sometimes. He didn't say subdue one another. He said subdue the earth. What does that mean? That means you bring the earth under your dominion and your, you make the earth work for you. Don't let anybody tell you you need to work for the earth. No. God told the earth to work for you. Praise God. Praise God. Let it work for you. Praise God. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Have dominion. Subdue it. Make it work for you. Make it be a, 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 a servant of yours. Praise God. Now, if God said that and it was so, then, see, a, a lot of people think the earth is actually working against them. God told it to work for you. But you've got, he, he told Adam to do this. He didn't say it's just going to happen. He told Adam to do, make it work for you. Make the earth work for you. Make the things that God created, he created everything for you. There is a reason why man was the last of his creation, and, he, and man uh, uh, was told to have dominion and authority, and then God quit creating at that point. He didn't create anything else. That was it. He rested after that. Praise God. So, he said, make it work for you. So, you have to make it work for you. Praise God. He told Adam to do it. He didn't say, the earth is just going to work for you. He said, you subdue it. You bring it under your authority. Praise God. Now, You've been given the same power to speak. How do you bring it under your authority? How do you subdue it? Well, you know, if you're a farmer, you, you know, you've got to go out there and you've got to plant seed. And when the farmer goes out and he plants seed and he does it the proper way, you know, he plants it at the right time of year and he makes sure it has water and he makes sure that, you know, then the earth will produce a crop. It will serve the farmer. The earth was created to serve you. Praise God. Now, we all make, you know, when, when uh, the potash miners out here, when they dig a hole in the ground and they pull ore out of the ground and they sell that and they make a profit from that, what are they doing? They're making the earth work 
for them. That potash just doesn't just come up to the surface all by itself and people just come by and buy it. That's not how that works. They have to go through a process. They have to make the earth work for them. God will give you, because he blessed you and he spoke something over you, he spoke that you have the authority to make the earth work for you. So, Deuteronomy tells us this. It says, you know, when you have, where's the scripture I want? Um, Anyway, it simply says this. It says, whenever you come into the land that I'm giving you, he says, uh, and, and you, you eat from that land and you live from that land, he said, you shall remember the Lord your God. That it, he said, don't say, I did this. This was the work of my hand. This is what I, he said, you shall remember the Lord your God that it is he who gives you, Deuteronomy 8.18, I believe is where that is. Uh, I, I could be wrong on that. But uh, anyway, that's a place to start. Um, it says, that you shall remember the Lord your God, that it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. How did he give you the power to get wealth? By saying, subdue the earth. So God blessed them by saying. Now, what else has he said that is a blessing? Everything he said is a blessing. Praise God. So I need to find out what he said. What did he say about my financial situation? The Bible says this, and if the Bible said it, that's God saying it, Right? Okay, so if the Bible says this, it says that um, in, uh, um, see, where, where am I wanting to go with that? Okay, the, the Bible says that he supplies all of your need, Philippians 4.19. According to his riches in glory, now how did he get riches in his glory? In glory. Riches in glory that benefit you, that, that are for the supply of your need. How did they get in his glorious storehouse by Christ Jesus? So I want to know what he said. He said he would supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. And so, when it comes to my health, what did he say about it? He said, he bore my sickness, my disease, and my pain. He blessed me by saying something about it. Now, he actually did it at the cross. Jesus actually went to the cross, and he actually bore my sickness, my disease, and my pain. But he said, this is what I did. So when I know what he did, praise God, then I know what my 
blessing is, and my soul prospers, and when my soul prospers, it causes my health to prosper. It causes my bank account to prosper. It causes every part of my life to, we want God to just give us stuff. No, God gave us the power to get wealth. God gave us by saying this. Praise, does this make sense to anybody? Are you getting this? That, that this is how, this, this is why that John wrote, I wish, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Praise God. I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this is way better than you think it is. This is good stuff right here. This will cause you to learn how to subdue the earth and make it work for you. Praise God. Find out what God's. It matters what God said. God didn't just say some stuff and who, who really cares, but God, you know, he don't live here. He don't go through what I go through. He doesn't have to deal with what I have to deal with. He doesn't have, he did deal with what you deal with. Praise God. He did deal with it. He dealt with it in Christ. And so the more I know that, the more I, it matters what God said because what God said is the blessing that empowers me. Praise God. Every time God said something, it matters what he said. It affects my life. It affects your life. This is why we treasure his words above. This is what Job said. He said, I treasure your, the words of your mouth above my necessary food. Your words, what you said, is more important to me than my food. Because his words will get food for me. His words will get healing for me. His words will get success for me in every area of my life. Praise God. It's important what he... It, it, no, it's important is not even a strong enough word. Vital. It is vital what he said. Praise God. And if you understand that, you'll read your Bible more. Praise God. If you understand that, you'll be in this room sitting under the teaching of the Word of God. You want to know why the room's not full? Because they don't treasure His words above the necessary food. You know? Now, I'm not getting all legalistic and everything. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying if, if this is important to you, then you will make it a point to be where you get fed the word of where you're hearing what God said. You're not here to hear what I think. You're here to hear what God said. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I got to stop sometime because we could just keep on going. But, but we're going we're gonna to show a little discipline here. We're going to stop 
at this point because I'm going to give you time, see. The reason I'm stopping, not because I don't have anything else to say. The reason I'm stopping is because I want to give you an opportunity to take what we've said thus far and digest it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for what you said. What you said about our situation, what you said about our circumstances, what you said about our life, we care what you said. Jesus, we care what you said when you said you must be born again. Matters what you said. So, Lord Jesus, right now, I pray for all those that are listening now. I pray that the things that I, that I say in the next few moments will be things that will be life-changing, that people's lives will be transformed because what we're saying is what you said. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, that ears be open now to hear these next words. If they haven't heard anything else I've had to say today, that they would hear these next words. Jesus said, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You say, well, I okay, I want to be born again. Tell me how. I'm glad you asked. Praise God. How do you be born again? The Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So well, why do I have to confess it? Because your words matter too. Your words matter too because what you say is what you commit to. What you say seals what you believe. It, it states what you believe, and it seals that. Your words cause it. Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. When the angel told her that she was going to conceive and bear a son, and the moment that she said, be it unto me according to your word, she conceived Jesus in her womb. And so right now, you're having the same opportunity. Your words can seal your eternal destiny. Praise God. Praise God. So if you have never received Jesus as your Savior, if you've never put your trust in Him, you have never believed upon Him, but you believe right now, let's seal it with the words of your mouth. Praise God. Just say this with me. I want everyone in this room to say it. And if you're watching, I don't care if you're driving down the road. I don't care where you are or what you're doing. I want you to say this out of your mouth. And if you believe what you're saying, see, believing has to go along with it too. If you believe what you're saying, then according to God's Word, you will be saved. Hallelujah. So let's just say this together. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid the penalty for my sins, and then he rose again from the dead so I could have new life. 
right now, I choose Jesus. I put my trust in Jesus for my salvation. Thank you for what you did for me at the cross. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love with you.